Hey class, Nurse Kylie here. Welcome back to another episode of Nursing Accelerated. Today, we are going to talk about one of the most important aspects of nursing care, therapeutic communication. Communication is comprised of two forms, nonverbal and verbal communication. Nonverbal communication is the use of body language, eye contact, facial expression, vocal tone, vocal speed, and guttural tones, such as grunts or groans, that goes with verbal communication. Verbal communication uses words to discuss content and context. Congruency occurs when the two forms of communication line up. For example, when someone says something that matches with their body language, this is congruent communication. On the other hand, incongruency occurs when the two don't match up, so you get verbal communication not meeting their nonverbal cues. Being able to pick up on these discrepancies is crucial for medical staff, and especially nurses, trying to establish a rapport with their patient. Therapeutic communication occurs during nurse-patient interactions, where the nurse focuses on the specific needs of the patient in order to promote congruent communication. This type of communication is vital in patient care and especially important in the realm of mental health. Therapeutic communication promotes a good nurse-client relationship. It also helps to identify patient-centered goals, assess the patient's perception on treatments, promotes the expression of the patient's true feelings, helps to recognize necessary teachings as well as implement interventions that will help the patient achieve the patient-centered outcome, and help the patient form a plan of action that is satisfying for them. The main takeaway with therapeutic communication is being present during the care and treatment of the patient so that you, as the nurse, can identify when the patient's needs are not being fulfilled. This allows you to ask open-ended questions to try to get them to communicate their needs, feelings, thoughts, and fears. There are several therapeutic communication techniques to discuss. We will go alphabetically to keep on track and keep the explanations pretty brief. A is for accepting. Accepting is when you verify that you are actively listening. Verbal examples include yes and I understand what you are saying. Head nodding is a nonverbal response. B for broad openings allows the client to take the initiative to talk and allows them to be in charge of the conversation. Examples include, is there something you'd like to talk about? Or, where would you like to begin? C is for consensual validation, which helps to validate the understanding of the conversation. This could be especially useful if slang is used during the conversation. An example of this is, Tell me if I am understanding this correctly. Next up, the three E's. The first is encouraging description of perceptions. This helps the nurse understand the perception of the client, which can help the patient feel understood. Examples include, tell me when you feel like X or what is happening. The second E, encouraging expression, helps the patient express their thoughts on certain things. Asking questions like, what are your feelings in regards to X? Or, does X cause you distress? Can help the patient feel safe enough to express their thoughts openly.
The last E, or exploring, allows the nurse to expand upon the topic. Tell me more is a great way to get the patient to elaborate upon certain aspects of what they have said. It shows that you want to understand them and want to learn more. F is for focusing. Focusing is just that, focusing on one particular thing. This could be beneficial when the patient has expressed a lot of feelings, emotions, or ideas, and you want to know which one is causing the most harm or should be addressed first. A question like, of everything you've said, which thing concerns you the most would be beneficial. Another F, or formulating a plan, helps to develop an action plan for when certain behaviors happen. For example, if you have an angry patient, you could ask, what could you do to let your anger out without causing harm? Or, next time this happens, what could you do differently? Those types of questions help the patient to reflect upon their past actions and come up with a plan to use in case of a similar future event. On to the three G's. General leads is a technique used to encourage the patient to continue. Prompts like, go on, and then, tell me more, are simple yet effective ways to gently nudge your patient to continue their story. The second G, or giving information, provides the patient with helpful information like visiting hours or what your purpose is. The last G, or giving recognition, is when you acknowledge the patient, and this provides awareness, that you see them and want to provide them with praise. Items like, I noticed that you combed your hair, is such a great simple statement, but tells the patient that you see them, see their effort, and want to acknowledge their hard work. Jumping ahead to M, making observations, is when the nurse puts into words what they are seeing. Is the patient acting weird? fidgeting, or showing nonverbal cues signaling they don't want to talk, making an observation can help break the ice and begin to form communication. Something like, I notice that you are doing X is a simple way of doing this. Always for offering self or being available, it's a gesture of saving space for the patient. Saying that you'll wait with them or state that you are interested in what they think are great ways to show that you value their presence and needs. P is for placing even in time or sequence. This is when the nurse tries to make sense of events or timing. This is done by asking clarifying questions such as, was this before or after X? Or, when did this happen? Doing this helps to establish patterns regarding behavior or relationships. Another P, or presenting reality, helps to ground the patient and keep them present in the conversation. Clarifying things can help keep the patient in the present and help them know what is real when they are having difficulty interpreting reality. This technique is to provide a rationale rather than convince the patient. Examples include, your mother is not here, I am a nurse, or that sound you heard was a car backfiring. The first of four S's, S1, seeking information, is when the nurse asks a question to seek meaning or understanding of something the patient has said that might not be clear. Great questions to use include, I am not sure I follow you, or have I heard you correctly? The second S, or silence, 
can be powerful. The trick to silence is to remain interested and maintain eye contact as to show that you are being present but providing space for them to continue. The third S, or suggesting collaboration, is when the nurse offers to help the patient. This could be along the lines of helping to find something or help them figure something out that is beneficial for the client. An example is, maybe we can discuss and learn about the triggers for your anxiety. The last S, or summarizing, can be a good way to wrap things up or to organize things during a discussion. This allows the patient to feel that you have actively listened and have been engaged during your time together. A simple, during the past hour, you and I have discussed X satisfies this. T is for translating into feelings. This is a way to help the patient verbalize their feelings in a manner that is more aligned with reality. For example, if a client says, I'm dead, you could respond, are you feeling lifeless? The first V, or verbalizing the implied, means that the nurse voices what the patient has hinted at, making the thought less obscure and more direct. If the client says something along the lines of, I can't talk to you, then you could respond by asking, do you feel that no one understands? The last V, voicing doubt, helps to reorient when reality distortion is occurring and the nurse is seeking truth but not forcing the client to change their perspective. Questions like, really? Or, isn't that unusual? Work well. A statement such as, that's hard to believe, is also another great way to gently challenge the patient. Whew, (laughs) that was a lot of information. Let's give you a minute to let that sink in. All right, we're back. Now that we have gone over the various effective therapeutic techniques, let's discuss ways to discourage effective communication. The following techniques are not to be used by nurses and should be avoided if possible. Again, we will explore these in alphabetical order. Let's go. One of two A's. Advising or telling the patient what to do is not something that nurses should do. We are there to provide the patient with information that allows them to come up with an informed decision. We are not experts and should not dictate care. The second A, agreeing, is just that. You agree with them. This signals that the patient's thoughts are right and this leaves little room for behavior or thought change. B. For belittling feelings expressed occurs when the nurse tries to sympathize with the patient and expresses their own feelings, causing the patient to feel belittled. An example of this is when the patient expresses wanting to die and the nurse responds by stating how they've felt like that too. This is not okay and will cause detriment to any rapport established. C stands for challenging, and this is when the nurse demands proof from the patient. If we go back to the patient stating they are dead, an example of challenging would be, if you're dead, then how do you have a heartbeat? That simply just doesn't work. One of three Ds. Defending is just that, defending something. If the patient starts to speak badly about something, the nurse defends the thing they are talking about. This makes the patient feel like they cannot have an opinion and they are wrong, 
This can further diminish the patient's ability to communicate. The second D, or disagreeing, occurs when the nurse disagrees with what the patient is saying. Perfect examples of this are, I don't believe that. That's wrong. I disagree with that. The third D, or disapproving, is when the nurse states their disapproval of the patient's actions. This is an indirect response as the nurse is passing judgment on the patient, and this would certainly create a non-therapeutic relationship. The first G is giving approval, which makes the patient feel or think that doing anything less than what they previously did to earn your approval is now bad. Providing approval can make the patient do or say things just to please the nurse in the future. The second G, or giving literal responses, is when you give a literal response to a figurative thought or feeling, and this can cause the patient to have an even harder time responding and opening up. It's important in these cases for the nurse to focus on the feeling that might be causing the thought rather than the thought itself. I number one, indicating the existence of an external source, occurs when the nurse questions what the patient is saying in a manner that implies it can't be the patient's own thoughts or feelings. The nurse can always question what happened, but should not do so in a manner that feels accusatory. Responses such as, what makes you think that? Or, who made you do that? Are perfect examples of what not to say. The second eye, or interpreting, is when the nurse suggests an alternative to the, what the patient is saying or suggesting what something means. Asking, what do you really mean, is a poor way of seeking clarification and can suggest to the client that you don't believe what they are saying. The last I, or introducing an unrelated topic, is often used by a nurse who is uncomfortable. And it's often in response to something the patient has said or done that makes them feel uncomfortable. Topic change can be important in conversation, but must be done in a manner that makes the patient still feel like they're in control. M, or making stereotyped comments, are meaningless comments used in regular day-to-day -day conversation and have no business being part of therapeutic communication. Phrases such as, chin up, or it's for your own good, are two examples. Probing is good if you're an investigative reporter, not a nurse. Pestering the patient with questions is not a good way to seek information or establish a therapeutic relationship. Frequent questioning can make the patient feel intimidated and can cause them to shut down. The first R, or reassuring, is when the nurse tries to comfort the patient in order to reduce anxiety or discomfort, but it's done so in a tactless, meaningless way. Phrases such as, I wouldn't worry about that, or everything will be okay are two examples of, again, what not to say to a client. The second R, or rejecting, is when the nurse refuses the patient's ideas or behaviors, thus shutting off that topic for discussion. This tactic makes the patient feel rejected as well. Phrases like, I don't want to hear about that, or let's not discuss X, are examples. The last R, or requesting an explanation, is when the nurse asks the patient for reasons regarding what they are saying or feeling. Asking why and seeking what happened are two different things. Why do you think that is an example of what not to say, rather than what happened, which is acceptable. T is for testing. 
Testing is when the nurse challenges the patient's knowledge or understanding of things. Often these types of questions make the patient uncomfortable and can feel as if the nurse is being abrasive. An example of this is, do you still have the idea that? That doesn't sound really pleasant, does it? Lastly, using denial is when the nurse refuses to acknowledge there's a problem. The nurse denies the patient's thoughts, feelings, or the seriousness of the situation by being dismissive. For example, don't be silly is a way to minimize the situation. Thank you.